Creating and sustaining a strong internal culture is one of the best things you can do to help your organization grow. Having team members and employees who are engaged at a high level is something that benefits everyone. This is why we take a behavior-based approach to the understanding and application of StrengthsFinder. We create a relational and intentional connection with those we work with. Awareness of the behaviors of strengths to help identify how you will make a significant and unique contribution to your team is key. When a team is armed with this knowledge, they understand their place in the larger organization. When several teams are operating out of places of strength, the culture is one that leverages and cultivates what makes everyone strong. At Leadership Vision, we have a unique distinction that we bring to the work that we're doing with strengths. It's a lens we look through that informs us and our clients about our perspective on implementing strengths-based organizational culture. As you get to know us, it's important to understand this framework as it truly is the bedrock of all that we do. Hello and welcome to the Leadership Vision Podcast. My name is Nathan Freeberg, and this episode originally aired, well, it was the second one that came out back in September of 2017, and we thought that we would replay it here for you today, as it really does describe and explain who we are and our approach to this amazing work with strengths. I'm talking with our president and CEO, Brian Schubring, about that approach And we're going to talk about strengths as we believe they are descriptive, generative, environmental, and transformational. And we are going to unpack all of those words, so keep listening. So let's start at the top. We use a descriptive, not prescriptive approach. A prescriptive approach is a one-size-fits-all model versus a descriptive approach is one that is dynamic and open to multiple interpretations. Here's Brian describing what this looks like on a very practical level. So if you take the strength of achiever, what it is that we're trying to do is we are trying to say this word describes Hmm. a myriad of of potential ways of that strength showing up. A prescriptive approach to interpreting the strength of achiever is to say all people with the strength of achiever do this. They all look this way. They all, they all have the same yep. the same makeup. Yeah. The, the same approach, the same way that they do their work, the, the same breadth. But is this bad? If we're looking for a common language by which to describe the best parts of ourselves, what's wrong with trying to find common ground? I think it's limiting. Okay. I th- and the way that we speak to this is that a prescriptive approach often, not always, often leads to misunderstanding. It um, also leads to potential conflict and assumptions that are made because you've read a definition of a strength and then you tried to apply that static definition to somebody with that strength. That's a prescriptive approach. All people with the strength of includer do this. For us, we would say the strength of includer provides a description of how that person might show up. Hmm. And we want to always leave room for not only the individual to show us what that strength of includer looks like, but then we also know that no strength works alone. All strengths are working in combination with other strengths, talents within various strengths. They also work together. And when those unique combinations of strength begin to work together, The way someone's includer Mm. shows up is going to be very different than another person with the strength of includer. A descriptive approach gives room for an individual to show up 
with a uniqueness and distinction that's that's only theirs, that no one else considers. But we need to be more open-minded in how we are understanding them. Using the textbook definition is a great place to start. We all have to start somewhere on this journey with strengths, but it provides little room to appreciate the nuances of everyone's brilliance. Brian says only using the textbook definition in the prescriptive model is saying... It just says it looks like this all the time, regardless of relationship, regardless of context, regardless of experience. And we are taking all of those influences, the different contexts a person's involved in, and we're mixing it all together Mm. and saying context, relationship, experience, all have a shaping influence on how that strength is seen. So the name of the strength is descriptive, and we want to sit back and watch how it presents itself to us, and then add maybe some commentary to it, but not box that person in. Often there's a temptation to say that this strength and that strength go together, that someone with a strength of, let's say, ideation and communications should go into advertising, or a person with command and strategic should lead a company. People want simple solutions, but that is what we try to avoid. People are too complex for simple solutions. People are attempting to use a strengths-based approach right. to assigning people to certain jobs or responsibilities in teaming. I think that's the right intention. I'm, I'm acknowledging that that's correct. What I'm, what I'm asking is to not be so narrow in then deducing that it is a strength that we're looking for. We're looking for a person with the strength of achiever and the strength of um, strategic when you could have two other strengths that when working together could look a lot like mm-hmm. it could behave in that way correct Correct. we don't know what a a list of five strengths is going to look like when a person shows up it's just a way to inform us mm-hmm. to give us a chance to understand what somebody might present like Our second differentiator is that Leadership Vision believes that strengths only exist when they bring life to you and to others. Now, a general approach to using strengths suggests that your top five signature themes are automatically strengths, and they can be used to excuse or encourage certain behaviors. Like a prescriptive approach, it assumes that all themes are the same. A strength is a strength only when it's bringing life to you and life to others. That there is a two-way street that is in operation when someone's strengths are active. Because I think that there is a way that people uh, show up where they believe that they're engaging in their strengths. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's bringing them life. But in a way, it, it could be that they're short-circuiting a relationship or they're trying to get things done through a shortcut, right. meaning that it's not it's, giving life to somebody else. But what I'm yeah. asking is that we have an, an awareness. We ask ourselves this question. Is this theme of strength bringing life to me in providing life to somebody else. And we want to ask that question and check off both of those boxes. Hmm. And then we say it's generative. Conversely, a general approach to interpreting strengths is this. A person receives their profile after they've they've taken StrengthsFinder online, and they make the assumption that all five of these signature themes Hmm. are strengths. When we see your results for the first time, we don't have a clue if they're actually strengths for you. Your top five signature themes report is just that, a report that measures five areas, the themes, of your greatest potential for strength. We don't know if, number one, you're aware that that theme is actually one of your areas of greatest potential. We don't know that yet. Secondly, we don't know if you're actually engaging that theme. 
You can be engaging a theme and it has negative impact on other people. We would say that that's a general understanding of the strength, but it's not a generative application of that strength. So we kind of want to slow people down. Nuanced, yeah. Slow people down and say, let's spend some time getting to understand the names of our themes of strength. Secondly, ask ourselves, are we even engaging that theme? Hmm. Not to mention whether it's generative or not, just are we engaging it? Are we using it on a daily basis? Are we using it at all? Yeah, at all, yeah. Because how many huh. times have you worked with a client, Nathan, where you've seen someone get these five yeah. themes back and they're, they're saying, gosh, I don't even know what this word means. I'm not even sure. Brian is right. I've sat across from many clients over the years in a one-to-one conversation who have no clue how to initially relate to the words on the page. It's only after some great conversation and helping them unpack those words and terms that they can begin to understand what it means for them and their life. They start with a general understanding and then... Through a relationship with you can then begin to understand how to apply that strength Hmm. in a generative way. Right. So we really focus on this, trying to draw people's attention to the potential that lies in this theme becoming a strength and not to assume for yourself or for others that those five words are generative. Now, this process can be difficult. We get that. Sometimes we find people have been using their strengths, and I put that in air quotes, in ways that are anything but life-giving to themselves or to others. Sometimes just an awareness of the idea that strength should be generative opens the floodgates for a new understanding of how to engage strengths in a positive way. Our third differentiator here has to do with the way we encourage our clients over time. Because organizational change doesn't happen quickly. We believe in creating the right environment for the language of strengths to stick, not just coming in to do a one-and-done event. But to be clear... We're not opposed to coming in and providing an event experience. So something where we're coming in for 60 or 90 minutes, we, we have some very unique and distinct offerings for that kind mm-hmm. of time frame. Yes, we do. But we really do understand that through an event, there is not much that we can do to help really put down some roots uh, so that a strengths-based approach can be productive or engaging long-term. Mm. So we respect what an event can do because sometimes an event is a way to get people's attention around something that they may say, you know, we really want to do this. Mm-hmm. We've it's, often, it's awareness building. It is an awareness building. Which is the first building. step as we talked about mm-hmm. earlier. Another thing with events, and sometimes we say yes to these to determine what relationship we can have with somebody. Uh-huh. There have been several events that we've done where we're thankful that we were there for 90 minutes to realize that this organization uh, doesn't want to go much further than this than to simply introduce the language of strengths to a functional team. Nothing wrong with that. Because like we've said before in many of the conversations we've had, sometimes that's what is needed for a team to begin to align around building stronger relationships. But what we are claiming is that if we have a chance to do a couple things, number one, to understand your environment, then we can better understand how to deliver the experience that we have with StrengthsFinder. Hmm. And if we have a better understanding of your environment, then we know how we can influence and shape the environment so that this root system we're speaking of actually has a chance to grow. 
So now here's an example that gets at this. Think of freshly cut flowers. They smell great, they brighten up a room, and usually they make you feel better. However, in a few days or maybe a week if you're lucky, they're dead and they need to be thrown away. Now you can continue buying fresh flowers over and over again, or you can invest in a plant. Plants are considerably more work, true. You gotta water them, tend to the soil, sometimes prune them, sometimes you even have to repot them after a certain period of time, or you gotta put them in the ground outside, make sure they're getting the right kind of light. They don't have the same short-term impact of immediately brightening up a room, but the long-term impact is really immeasurable. People with a positive experience with strengths are six times more likely to engage in their work. Those with a positive experience with strengths and an environment, you know, the right light, watering, all the plant stuff I just talked about, (laughs) the right environment where strengths are expected, encouraged, leveraged, and cultivated are reported to be 30 to 60% more engaged. We like those numbers a whole lot better. Finally, we believe that the process of working with strengths is about transformation, not just a transaction. Transformation is about positive change that leaves a person indelibly different than when they started. A transaction, by contrast, is simply an exchange or an interaction between people. Each party gets something, but doesn't necessarily leave fundamentally different. Obviously, a transaction needs to happen in order to start this whole process. You take the test, you get your results back, and we respect that, of course. However, there's so much potential in having the strengths language give us a greater understanding and self-awareness of who we are and who we work with, that true transformation can happen. We believe operating from strengths can have a transformational impact on people's lives. It changes the way you see yourself, the way you relate to those around you, and the way you influence those in your community. Brian talks about the life-changing impact that this has on the individual. We think that we can begin to not only influence the way you see yourself, but influence and change the way you're thinking about yourself. This may seem like a reach, but I wouldn't be bringing it up if I didn't have, you know, experience to back this up. Data points. Is we have seen so many times where just this language of strengths, where it is a, a positive way that a person can begin to interpret themselves. That process for someone who has had like a negative tape playing in their mind for years and years, if not decades, of saying like, you're not good enough, or this didn't didn't work, or for whatever reason, they've always been withheld or been pushed back. When you begin to introduce a language that hints at the beauty and brilliance of someone, if someone lets that become internalized, it can really begin to transform the story that they're telling about themselves. They can begin to see themselves in other ways, and that can transform the way that they see themselves, the way that they understand themselves, the way they accept themselves. If someone's experiencing that, I think it's nothing less than transformational. It's powerful. Because that can stick, and transformation takes time. Change can happen periodically. Change can happen sporadically. But transformation is this slow, gentle turning of a corner. We want to respect that process. We also know this. If I'm experiencing that transformation within myself, maybe I can begin to see that transformation happening in somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that, again, I think really begins to lead itself into the deepening of relationships between people when they give others the option and even the opportunity to begin to change the way that they're hearing their own words or begin to change the way that they're interpreting their own story. 
Strengths become transformational when they give you a platform to understand yourself. They become transformational when they help you create an environment for growth and give life to you and others. If you're listening to this, perhaps for the second time, nodding your head in agreement, but wondering how you might adopt these things in your own practice of your own understanding of strengths, well, Brian offers some helpful advice here. The way that that you begin to answer the question, what difference is strengths making, that needs to happen within a conversation. Hmm. I think that there's a level of self-reflection, like, what is this approach doing for me? Then begin to talk about it with somebody else. It could be someone that, that you work with, members of your team, and begin to talk about what influence are these strengths having in our lives. We've done that process with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Then we began to name the few that we can agree upon. So I think first step is self-reflection. Like what is this strengths approach doing for me as a person? What qualities do they represent? What values are being embodied? Second, have that conversation with somebody else and ask the same question. What is a strengths approach? doing for you? How is it changing you? So again, you're going away from the words of strengths and you're asking what's happening here. And then if it is in a a team environment, then ask yourselves, what are some of these common values or common Mm. characteristics that we can agree upon and have a discussion based on that? Thank you for listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, where we share our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of a strengths-based approach to people, teams, and culture. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your entire organization, visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. If you found value from this episode, we'd appreciate it if you would subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and a host of others. Please share this podcast and our other resources with anyone you think would benefit from going deeper into our strengths-based approach to individual, team, and organizational development. I'm Nathan Freeberg, and on behalf of our entire team, thanks for listening.